Hello and welcome to the Lindland Podcast. Chris here, I hope you're keeping safe and staying well. And we are back to review some more SWPL action after a, another week of coverage galore to, to delve into from SWPL1. And of course, I'm not alone. I'm joined as always by Mr Campbell Finlayson. Campbell, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great, mate. How are you? I am great, man. It's, uh, it's been a nice wee run of weather. I was out looking for goalposts and no ball game sign today. That was part of my, my daily job, so... <laughs> As a, as a little football hipster, I quite enjoyed myself. It was quite, quite fun. Um, but we're not here to talk about my weird hipster quirks. We are here to talk about uh, the women's football in Scotland. And we had another weekend of SWPL action. Uh, um, I think we'll go through the games one by one, as always. Um, but I think maybe it kind of went as, as we maybe expected this weekend, Campbell, in terms of the results overall. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was there was um, much really that we looked at beforehand and thought, right, maybe there'll be a shock. You never know, of course, but sometimes the predictable nature is exactly what happens and exciting nonetheless, but there was sort of, it went the way we expected. Yeah, absolutely did. Um, so let's let's get started and I think let's start with the game that you were at. I was housebound this weekend because I was a little bit lazy and trying to sort of accreditation. That's, that's the honest answer. Um, so... I'm going to sort that for next weekend, but luckily it was three games for me to watch from home, but let's start with the one that you were at, Campbell. It was the last game of the day. Rangers 5, Spartans now at the Rangers Training Centre. And uh, a comfortable win in the end for Rangers in terms of the game. Do you want to kind of talk us through it in, in your eyes as being somebody that was in the ground? Um, uh, it was a strange game. I mean, Spartans are a team that don't really concede many goals, obviously, beforehand. Before Sunday had, what, second best defence behind Rangers in the league, but they never really get their own half, to be honest. They kind of Rangers are all the pressure early on without creating anything of note. And then Spartans eventually did get their own half. And within about a minute, where I go down, the Rangers broke away again. Um, and Kirsty Hibbert obviously nodding in after Emma Brownlee's attempted header kind of looked up in there. And then again, that pattern continued where Rangers had the ball and where the team coming forward, Spartans were not really getting anywhere, but Rangers didn't look like creating any real great chance that it was all kind of shots that were coming to nothing and then obviously everyone seemed to miss the goal on, on BBC Alaba as we heard at the time we obviously didn't but I've seen the replay of the Rachel Harrison save and then it was a header from Zoe Ness obviously make it 2-0 and that goal kind of killed it off I think when it went in um, Spartans were they started the second half pretty well to be fair to them I don't think they were they were really out of the game but Rangers then got that third goal um, from Lizzie Arnott it's you don't really want to blame Rachel Harrison or she's kind of blocked by one of her defenders, but at the same time, it doesn't look great from the angle of the TV camera. And then again, it was that sort of pattern of Rangers having the ball, but not... They were sort of creating chances more in the second half, maybe bringing on their subs, like the Brogan Hakeem on, Dana Burma were causing them all sorts of problems and Spartans, obviously not training as often as Rangers, maybe tired a wee bit. And two late goals to make it 4-5-0 and five nil was probably... Don't want to say harsh, because I think Rangers did deserve to win it, but that scoreline looked a bit worse than it was, obviously, with the two goals coming so late in the day. So I think for Rangers, it was a win that was expected, maybe not as high as that. And Spartans will be disappointed with such a good defensive record to lose five goals. But I think at the end of the day, Rangers were, were fully deserving of such a comfortable victory. Yeah, I thought my take on it was that um, if it finished 3-0, I wouldn't have had any any like qualms of that as a result, whether it being a, a heavy victory or a heavy loss. I think the two goals added... A layer on to it in terms of gloss for Rangers, and as as we're hearing a wee bit, maybe Spartanshire was a little bit harsh that that five goal scoreline. But um, yeah, I felt it was a very similar pattern. I think the the, the second goal just before half time for Rangers, um, 
kind of killed the kind of reset for Spartans a little bit in terms of that. And as you say, they did come out well in that that second period. But um, yeah, comfortable for Rangers. I, I, there was obviously a debut for Chantel Swabby, um, Gamble. I thought she looked pretty composed. I mean, she didn't have a lot to do in terms of defending. Um, I think that'll be the case for, for Rangers quite a lot during this season, apart from a, a couple of games. But she looked very composed in the ball, seemed to be getting good positions. And um, her and Brianna Vestrop certainly like a, a commanding presence to have at that. That goes back to the de- uh, defender roles. I, I mean, it makes such a big difference. It was like we said uh, last week with Glasgow City, where now they've got two centre-backs that are that's properly the position and they'll just defend first and foremost. It makes such a difference. And Demi Vance, obviously, was a big loss um, for Rangers. But no, Chantel, for, for her first game, so that she'd been playing there for years. And as you say, they weren't really troubled much. But the communication was good between the pair of them um, in the centre of defence. And obviously, there'll be, there'll be tougher challenges to come, I think, for them. But they looked, they looked comfortable enough. And it's not one you can really judge her too much. But speak to Malky Thompson yeah, full time he seemed pretty content really um, how she played and how she fitted into that Rangers squad and just overall they looked solid really across the whole pack so it's it bodes well for, for her Rangers career Yeah as I said on screen she looked she looked very impressive and I think yeah, I think maybe the thought was before the game that maybe it's a little harsh on Carla Jadisoli given that she'd actually come in and perform pretty solidly but I think um, it was demonstrated in that game that, that how effective that that partnership could be. Um, I also don't know how it came across in, in real life, but um, Brianna Vestrop was robust in a lot of her challenges on, on Sunday. It's uh, not something you see a ton of in the SWPL. Um, there was obviously a, a kind of a clatter into Robin McCaffrey in the first half, I think it was. But I think that kind of dynamic, that kind of presence uh, can only help Rangers kind of as they look towards the title running. Yeah, I mean, it's we mentioned it with City last week. I think their centre back partnership is obviously it's very similar to Rangers now in that they've got these defenders who seem to like to defend and they're strong players that you're not going to get past them easily. And obviously, there's there's a lot of younger younger girls in SWPL one who are maybe not quite as strong at the minute as some of these of international centre backs. So it's tough to break them down. But you mentioned Rob McCaffrey; she made a great tackle herself in the second half that was obviously caught on Alba and doing the rounds on social media and things. So. But overall, I think for Rangers, they they just look more solid now, and it, it helps when you've got defenders there that are, they seem to be comfortable with each other, and you're not afraid to put in a tackle. I mean, it's kind of your job, him as a centre <laughs> half. So, I overall, I think Rangers will they'll be pleased with that, and it's a partnership that it sh- should bode well. And if, if she's there for for a longer time, it'd be interesting to see how they all continue on together when Demi Vance is back. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I want to get your impressions on Zoe Ness as well because uh, obviously I was at I was at the game at Orion against Hearts and what I noticed about Zoe was that she wasn't she was kind of playing as a ten but she was also drifting quite quite far back to the half feeling to pick up the ball and it seemed to be something that she was continuing to do on, on Sunday. Do you feel like she's maybe been given a bit more of a free role because now with the likes of Lizzie Arna and Kirsty Howe can kind of do a lot of the the leg work and Zoe herself admits she's not the quickest in the world. Do you think that's something that's has happened as a consequence of these new players kind of coming in. I noticed that with a few Rangers players, actually, where they all seemed comfortable really playing anywhere. I mean, there was one point in the first half where Sam Kerr was down at right back and then looked up 10 seconds later and she was playing left midfield. So it's, I don't think she's the only one. Um, Kirsty Howitt now being that out-and-out striker that Rangers have missed, obviously, with Megan Bell's injury, she's now, she'll move herself, but she's sort of the main focal point in terms of the attack now. So even Lizzie Arnott, I felt, was moving a lot, Zoe Ness as well, and Emma Brownlee in a further uh, further forward position. So 
I don't think it was just Zoe, but there was certainly that aspect of get back on the ball and then get someone can run at them, um, which was one of that sort of three in behind that Rangers had, which then became a 4-3-3 um, at times. So the fact they can interchange between each other, I think, is certainly a good thing. And I don't think um, that it was just Zoe obviously doing it herself, but she was certainly well involved and obviously got herself a goal. Yeah, and after the game, you spoke to Zoe. So um, here's a little clip of what she had to say, along with clips from Malky Thompson and Debbie McCulloch. Um, good, uh, good result obviously this afternoon Zoe, how pleased were you with the performance? Uh, good, I think it's still areas that we still need to brush up on and get better at um, but I think Spartans came with a game plan to try and frustrate us, get bodies behind the ball uh, make it quite difficult and he did for a period of the game but then I think you can sort of see the level that we're training at now and playing at so credit to our like team obviously to keep going and just to keep riding out the pressure and obviously once we started getting goals it was only a matter of how many then a strong start, obviously, with a lot of chances that you didn't take. Was it just a case of remaining calm until that opening goal came? Yeah, I think that's going to be the story of kind of the, the next few games that we're going to have. It's going to be a case of we'll get chances and just about being patient. And we're, we're a team that's always going to create. Um, I'd be worried if we weren't creating anything, but we're always going to create. So it's just about being calm and composed in front of goal. Got yourself on the score sheet um, as well there, obviously. It was taking no prisoners, really. that was always your ball, I take it. Yeah. Um, Emma had been putting in some good deliveries and then I'd obviously said just Lizzie take that one because Spartans were dropping off and throwing opportunities so yeah Lizzie put a good ball in um, and just connected with it and put a goal bound so I think the goals that we've scored is a, a wide variety of goals um, so that was really pleasing as well as the team. Good, yeah good, it's always difficult to, to attain the, the standards that we'd obviously set for the, for the Hearts game um, but credit to, to Spartans really well organised, they made it difficult for us, they, they're probably one of the teams that, that have actually came and tried to press us, so it gave us a different challenge, but we, took, we, we, we spoke about you know, facing these, these challenges and having solutions for it, and it was more about the start of the game, just being patient and sticking to our game plan, sticking to the process, and you know, we knew that if we doing that, we would, we would get success. Um, a strong defence usually, Debbie. How disappointing are you to lose in the manner you did this afternoon? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't particularly think it was a 5-0 game. Rangers were always going to create a lot of chances. Um, and I would have liked us to defend better in, in certain situations. So that was frustrating. Um, but, um, yeah, like we've taken pride in, in not having high-scoring goals scored against us, lots of goals, you know. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can just revert back to it. Rangers are spending hundreds of thousands of pounds, so they should be playing like that um, and should be winning games by that. So, you know, we just need to edge that a little bit closer and take small steps to improve ourselves and look after our own patch. I've been defended so well for the early stages, really, and obviously the manner of the goals were pretty sloppy as well. How frustrating is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's disappointing, isn't it? I think, as well, like in possession, we just didn't turn up today. You know, really poor our touch, really poor our passing. Don't know if it was because of the grass, and you know, we never ever played in grass. I could say that the players haven't been probably playing grass for years. So, you know, I so a lot to look at and evaluate. Did you train on grass at all before in um, this game today? Yeah, I was training on Friday night on grass. It wasn't as good as that. It was <laughs> more like a cow field. Um, but no, no, we do our preparations correctly at Spartans, so you know, we want to give the players the best opportunity to the best they can be, but you do need people to turn up in a manner that's confident and that's got a wee bit more desire. I thought we showed that in the second half, but in the first half it wasn't good enough.
So Campbell, we uh, we've talked quite a bit about Rangers, but obviously we heard from David McCulloch there from Spartans. I mean, for Spartans, it, it was kind of like if they got a result, it would have been a great thing. But the expectation would have been, you don't want to say the expectation would, would have been to lose, but coming out of a game with a defeat, I suppose the, the only thing that is a, a down point for Debbie, as you mentioned, was the fact that it ended up being quite heavy. Yeah, I mean, no one's expecting to go to Rangers and, and win the season, but this disappointing thing for, for Debbie, she mentioned, I think for anyone watching them with Spartans, when they got the ball, just seemed scared to keep it, and it was they were so sloppy in their play and, and possession, and they didn't really create anything. As I say, the only real chance in that first half was obviously ball in behind for Becky Gilbraith that, that Jennifer has cleared, and then Rangers have went and scored from it. So, I mean, there was, there was a real lack of... Sort of urgency when they got the ball or anything. There was never even a cool head just to get the ball down and play it. And it's, it's not what you're used to seeing for Spartans. And Debbie said herself, it's a disappointing performance for them. Um, and it's one they'll, they'll want to forget quite soon. But we're used to in the men's game moaning about plastic pitches, whereas in the women's game, it's the total opposite because obviously Rangers are the only grass park. And as Debbie pointed out, it's a great surface, but Spartans are used to playing on AstroTurf, as everyone is in the league. And then the only grass part they've used, she described herself as pretty much a cow field. So, I mean, it's it's tough when you're going there playing a Rangers team that are training on this this surface all the time and that know it. And obviously they've got these internationals, as we're seeing from everywhere. So it's, it was tough for Spartans. They will be disappointed with the 5-0 uh, defeat, but they'll put to put that behind them because they've got another big game on uh, Sunday against Celtic. Yeah, it's, a, it's something that always comes up whenever, you're probably the same whenever you speak about the differences between the, the men's and the women's game and the fact that, I think it was one of the very first post-matches I did, I think it was maybe with Amy Gallagher, and I asked that question, she was like, we're, we're kind of used to playing on the artificial pitches, but I saw, um, obviously, Alan Gamble, who covers covers the women's game, kind of made the, made the point that it was good to see it in a in a, a, a proper, what was it, proper stadium, I think, was a proper pitch, a variation on that, along those, along those lines. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just so used to watching women's football has gone done artificial pitches. I think for me it's when it doesn't look like a football ground. That's that's when the case. But I think in the SWPL at the moment, they all look like football grounds, even if sometimes the angles don't show that from the rear. I fair certain good to say. Uh, it's everyone wants to watch football in, in great big stadiums, but it's whatever works best and what's the most the most suitable, especially now when there's no fans in. So it's good to see that ground um Murray Park or Ockham Heavy, whatever the hell you want to call it, but um, it's it's a good surface, it's a good stadium, it's well organised by Rangers, the same as it is all the time. Um, also, just the one stand there, which you're getting at most of the other grounds as well. So the only real difference is the pitch. I mean, SWPL one, I think off the top of my head, there's not really anywhere that's dreadful camera angle. Maybe K Park, the face away from the stand, which I don't get, but um, otherwise, it's if we're, we're just used to it, as you say. I mean. The likes of Ainsley Park and Peters Hill, obviously, when it was there, are surfaces that we see women's football played on all the time. We're used to them being on the Astro then, as you say, the players are as well. So it makes a change seeing, seeing it um, at Rangers, but it's something, obviously, that teams are going to have to get used to when they go away to, to play um, Rangers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of advantage, if it has any at all, for Rangers going forward. I'm sure, I'm sure that it will be mentioned at some point in the season, as it already has been. So we'll keep a wee eye on that. But let's... Let's move on from uh, Rangers Spartans as Rangers kind of maintain their place at the top. And let's switch up, Campbell. And obviously the Spartans' defeat gave Hibs a chance to claim back fourth place. And he did so with a 3-2 win against Motherwell. Um, Hibs had their game out on uh, on Facebook, a, a live stream uh, out on that. Wasn't perfect, but do you know what? I'm so far past 
like criticising people for streams because it's not easy. If it was so easy, everyone would be doing it and it'd all be perfect. So uh, for the most part, got to see most of the game. Missed one of the goals, but the Hibs always do this kind of 60 seconds wrap up kind of kind of on a Sunday night, which is quite useful just for those wee, wee moments. But uh, an important one for Hibs in terms of winning that game, obviously playing Motherwell 3-2 win, but it uh, didn't start... It didn't start great. Did you see like the first half of this one before you headed off to to uh, the Rangers training centre? I did. Um, obviously missed the goal as well as you're saying, but it's it was good to see Hibs having the games on there, and obviously then the commentary as well, which always makes a difference when you're you're watching um, watching a game of football. So it was a good effort from them there, and a disappointing goal for anyone to lose from a set piece from Motherwell's point of view, uh, Hibs' point of view. Sorry, but. I came back in and ended up being a quite entertaining game from the half I saw and then the highlights. Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, Rosie Slater got the opener from a set piece, but Hibs equalised pretty quickly. Um, Rachel Boyle playing through, Amy Gallagher, Tuttenfall, nice nice and easy. Um, Carla Boyce actually had an early chance that hit off the bar, but obviously didn't go in because it hit off the bar. We'll be talking about crossbars quite a bit shortly. Um, and then uh, almost uh, just before half time, uh, another Rachel Boyle assist where she kind of laid on a plate for uh, Kavanaugh who rolled it in. And then just after the interval, the goal that kind of everybody missed, but we've seen in the highlights, which is all good, is a free kick on the edge of the box, a handball given Amy Gallagher. Really good free kick, I thought, um, to give herself a double. Um, or, um, so yeah, 3-1 for Hibs and then a late consolation for Nick Puller makes it 3-2. Uh, if Hibs hadn't got a result out of this one, they would have been really disappointed. And I think some of the noises that you see on social media about Hibs would have would have turned up another notch on the volume scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hibs are Hibs fans have been used to obviously their team being one of the top two really in the country, and as we see a lot, obviously replacing players isn't easy. And it's it's a young squad there, and they're a team that you would expect to beat Motherwell. Well, due respect to them, um, but. Hibs have beaten them early in the season quite comfortably. Um, game I was at through in Adrian, we expected maybe more of the same, but Motherwell have improved as well um, to come in and make that tough for Hibs. But I think it's just in the end of the day for Hibs, three points is all they're, is all they're really beginning about. They know they'll need to improve, but the more and more that they're, they're saying, and I'm sure they will do eventually, it's another tough game for them coming up at the weekend. But they'll just be glad to get those three points and maybe settle some nerves after the disappointment um, last week coming back, that game against Spartans. Yeah, I mean the other thing I noticed with it was that Hibs, Hibs seem to like bring in the, one of the players that's missing at the moment. Which I'm I'm going to try and find out about uh, this over the course of this week coming into the weekend is Emma Heikler, who obviously was one of the players that they signed from the states, and um, she's not been in the last couple of squads, so I don't know if she's in the country and injured or you know it's one of these things we talk about where maybe a little bit more news about the squads would would help us kind of tell some of the stories about them. Um, but yeah, the Hibs squad still looks quite short. I think we only had four subs listed. For Motherwell, so it was going to be a tough game for Motherwell, but uh, it seems like they're playing with a bit more freedom. I, I don't know if that's a fair thing to say or not, but if Motherwell are going to keep playing and have these kind of three-two ding-dongs, then I'm, I'm all for it. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm very much up for that, especially when you consider the bottom end of that table. There is no relegation, so these teams at the bottom should hopefully be playing with a bit more, let's try some things and, and see what happens. Hi. Um, obviously, Mother, we're not sure who'll be in charge there with the new role they've created there, but personally, I think they'll want, they'll want to tighten up ahead of the next season. Um, it's all good us saying going playing games where there's five, six, seven goal scored each week because it's entertaining, but they'll want to build on for moving into next season and be able to know that they can defend and know how well they can go forward. So there's 
there again, they're another young squad motherwell, but there is some real talent in there as we've seen. And they're scoring goals now, which is something they weren't doing too much before um before the sort of the other break. Um <laughs> defensively they're still conceding and it's something they'll need to improve on. They will look to improve on as well there, but there's there's more of a shape to that motherwell team now than there was before and they've they've got more options. I think that's that's only a good thing. Obviously we've said there just how the paper thin hib squad looks at the minute. But in terms of motherboard, there's there's more there for them to be positive about, and I'm sure they'll go away. It's, it's a tough game; they're not expecting to go there and guarantee up uh, three points. But they'll um, they'll take positives from it, and I'm sure they'll be able to pick up some points um, on the way at the end of the season. As you say, the games in the round against the likes of Hearts, for even Hibs to an extent, um, they're the ones that they'll look at and think, "Let's go and play our natural game because it's, it's different." Obviously, playing against the likes of Rangers and City, where teams are having to defend. We've seen Spartans doing it there at the weekend as well, so it's. It's tough, but I'm sure Motherwell will they'll know themselves what they're, what they're looking for for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, though it won't be much easier for them next week as they go to face Glasgow City. And Glasgow City were in action against Forfar Farmington as they seamlessly move on to Game 3 of the weekend, <laughs> um, which was the BBC Sport Online live broadcast from Station Park. Uh, Forfar Farmington now Glasgow City 7. It, the first half of this game was pretty... Pretty mental. I, I did a wee tally up. I've, I've obviously, we've got highlights to watch back, which is brilliant. I've watched the game live as well. And in the first half, Glasgow City hit the crossbar four times. The Nicole, Nicole Robertson had two shots that skimmed the side of the side netting. And there's a couple of good Lauren Perry saves. I mean, Glasgow City should have been out of sight in that first half. Um, and they weren't. And, I mean, they've won 7-0, but that, we we know. They obviously scored just before half-time, Jan Wojcik. But, um yeah, I mean, that first half performance, it was good, but also the finishing was not so good. I mean, obviously, Kirsty Hibbert has always been Glasgow City's goal scorer, and you look at them now, where they've signed a good few players in these attacking positions that all in theory should know where the net is, given their strikers, but their finishing was horrific on Sunday. I mean, that it could and should have been double figures, Long before they got anywhere near scoring, and then before they did score, sorry, the chances were just—it was incredible. I mean, you mentioned the bar four times, twice that was then down off the underside. It was a bit unlucky, of course, at times, but it was, it was just poor finishing, really. And then the goal they got seemed to come from a bit of a miss hit to make it one 0 And obviously, the start of the second half, really quickly, two goals in the first five minutes there, and you're just thinking, why could you not have done that in the first half? And I'm sure that's something Scott Booth would have said to them at half time thinking how on earth that we only won nil up here. Four for a side that we've praised obviously this season, but against City now they just they really seem to be struggling against them and you can, obviously you can see why, but it'll be frustrating from a four for point of view as well. But City really it's nothing more annoying than when you're watching the game that you're totally neutral to and you just want to see goals and then all these chances from close in from good positions are just no ended up in the net. It's it's frustrating. But um, City in the second half showed obviously what they can do, and seven 0 in the end was don't want to say seven 0 flattered for her, but I think I think it probably did. To be honest, that could and should have been a heck of a lot more comfortable. It was a pretty incredible. Well, it was a fairly incredible first half to watch because you were you were kind of watching. You right after twenty minutes, you kind of went, "Oh, the, the goal will come." And then after half an hour, you were, the, the goal still not come. And it got to forty minutes, and by this point, all these things had happened, and they still hadn't scored, and you could almost like. You could see City were getting a little bit annoyed with each other just from the footage on, on screen. So this was the game I was going to try and go to, but I left it too late. So 
again, my fault for that. But uh, you could see you could see it on screen. They were starting to get a little bit agitated, and then they did get that goal uh, through Shan Voicek, and it kind of came. As you mentioned, that some nice work on, on the wing, and then um, Haley Lauder laid it back. And I think like uh, it looked a little bit like a scarf, but the, everybody seems to say a good finish. We'll give it as a good finish. We'll, we'll play nice um, to kind of put them one 0 up. And then, as you mentioned, second half. Um, Changed up a little bit. Haley Lauder came off. Joe Love came on. I don't think I really changed the momentum because thought Haley Lauder was one of City's best players in that in that first half. Um, had delivery and uh, this this tactic which City uh, are using to full effect and we did in this game of uh, try to hit uh, Arna Agrim's daughter with every set piece. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that stacks up um, as the season progresses. But um, one of the players who I thought um, who made our debut obviously was Odie Fuller to Dulu, uh, who in the first half. Wasn't super impressed if I'm being if I'm being totally honest, but second half she did get her hat trick. Um, a header, then a nice uh, fin- well, a, a kind of acrobatic finish. Uh, I'm doing acrobatic moves like you can see this on a podcast. <laughs> An acrobatic finish um, for our second, then a nice cutting and, and finish uh, on our on our left for the third. So kind of perfect hat trick. Um, good to have somebody you've mentioned. Obviously, the fact that Kirsty Howitt's not uh, not at Glasgow City any longer and. They maybe need somebody to do that. Hatrick on debut, I mean, you can't, you can't really grumble with that. And, and there's a kind of end result. She was involved in a couple of the other goals as well. I mean, you can't grumble, but the fact that it took her so long to score was crazy. I mean, a totally different player for the first half to the second. First half, couldn't hit a barn door. And then second half, there's two goals in the first five minutes. <laughs> Where's this been? I mean, first one's a good header, really, because Lauren Perry kind of get caught, but to loop it back over, it was a good finish. The acrobatic one, um, again, just well controlled from that distance. It's hard to kind of, it's easy as always to kind of just boot that. But she did well there. And then the third one, obviously, is a good low finish with the left foot. So, I mean, the fact you scored three goals, three very different goals, will please City. But again, she probably should have had like a double hat trick herself. The chances players were missing was, it was incredible. But you've got to praise her for the way she took her goals. And it's certainly the best way to, to mark your debut as well. In your club, three goals on your debut. You can't really complain with that, can you? No, not at all. Um, Nicole Robertson also got the score sheet. She was the recipient of a, an Axum's daughter uh, knockdown uh, for one of her goals, and then goals from Joe Love and Julie Mullen, who a, a low key, is turning into a low key favourite of mine because she just seems to be a very solid footballer who kind of does everything quite well. But she also seems to have that little bit of, I think we both talked about it with the Celtic, and that little bit of like, just nice niggle about her when she's kind of playing. So, yeah, comfortable win for Glasgow City. I mean, for far, they had one chance, realistically, um, London Pollard when she got through. A player who I'd, I'm very keen to see uh, in real life when she's maybe not having to plough that lone furrow. But, I mean, for far, far, you are right, because I think it was very similar to their game at, uh, earlier in the season at Broadway. They lost 8-1, where for, they were in it for a, a good while, and then it just kind of collapsed. But far, far have uh, other battles to, to face this season. Yeah, they're, um, as you say, it's that kind of the top three are settled and Spartans wearing pole position till Sunday for fourth. Hibs are obviously have won again, but some of the fixtures coming up are not easy. So fourth for themselves will look at that fourth spot and think we can we can get top six, but don't need to play again. City and other games we're going to judge them on, but when you're losing by a heavy scoreline like that, it's not going to help your goal difference. So it'll be interesting to see if Forfa can push on and Chase Hearts, uh, Hibs and Spartans and be in that group, sorry, for the for the fourth place or whether they'll kind of get caught up in my mother will and Hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last game of the weekend was Celtic 3, Hearts 0 at K Park. 
Um, I think it was a win that everybody was expecting. Um, and it was a, an important one as well for Celtic, given obviously the result against Glasgow City. Uh, they made a couple of changes. I noticed like, Rachel Donison came in and Sarah Ewans came in and she scored a double and Rachel Donison got got the, the first goal of the game. But it took them a while to break hearts down. Um, and it certainly, as I said, against Rangers, the, the key differences I noticed in this kind of starting lineup for, for Hearts was that Mario Caney and Jenny Smith came in from the start and then having only watched the highlights of this, this game, this one was also available to view, I think it was on a, a pay-per-view channel, but it was announced really late and by that point I'd made my made my piece that I was going, we're going to watch three. Um, but um, yeah, a necessary win for Celtic, but Sarah Ewan's six goals now this season. I was surprised she didn't start against Glasgow City. Um do you think this is just kind of a point? This is just kind of these two goals kind of say, look, she should be playing more regularly up top for the Celtic side who need to win games now, kind of week on week. Yeah, I mean she's she's proven it for a few seasons now. Obviously, that she knows where the net is. I mean, yeah, the Celtic side we saw last week there was a lot of debutants in there. Obviously, with Fran Alonso's want to give them give them game time this week. There was obviously a few players missing, which meant more youngsters in. But if you've got someone that's going to put the ball in the net, then you play them. I mean. The likes of Rachel Donalds, obviously we've seen score, um, are certainly players that can cause defensive problems. But Sarah Ewans is one that every time you see her, she always seems to be a solid like, at least seven, eight out of ten every week. Where so when you've got someone like that, surely you play them, and then she's come in, scored two goals. If she's taken out the side um, in the next couple of weeks, then you'd be surprised. You'd have to question why because she's she's certainly Celtic's most deadly goal scorer at the minute for me. Yeah, absolutely. And if Robin McCaffrey and Claire Dayworth, when we did, or I did those, well, we both did interviews, but the one or two of the interviews I did with Robin and, and Claire, they both pinpointed Sarah as like her, their toughest appointment just because of her physicality or her pace. So it will be interesting to see if she, she makes a, makes appearances in the squad. I thought the first goal, Celtic goal as well, um, great ball in by Jacinta Galabadarachi uh, to get to get over to Rachel Donaldson, taken very well by Rachel Donaldson. And I think. What I, I don't know, I was listening to the Pure Football podcast who obviously uh, does kind of odd bits with as well from time to time and they were talking about the influx of foreign players into the SWPL and it's still good to see players like Rachel Donison still coming through and having an effect on games. It is, I mean it was, it was a tough finish but again it was taken well and she's a player that is... It's always, again, never wasn't really a starter for Celtic when you had the likes of, um, of Sarah Ewan's, Josie Gier was there for a while as well, but she's she's coming in and it's a player that still causes problems and it's good to just see, obviously, it's local players were, as much as bringing in players from different countries is great for the league and helping grow the pedigree of it, it's always good to see homegrown players putting the ball in the net and, again, Sarah's done that at the weekend. It's Jacinta, um, Jacinta Galabadarachi was obviously... Um, was it was impressive for Celtic Sunday from what we've seen again? She looked kind of more as if she wanted to get on the ball a bit more. And it's, it's tough against City, of course it was, but in that game she never looked like doing much. Whereas here, there's obviously the assist for the goal, which just come in and hit the crossbar as well. It was a player that was um, was causing bother, and if if they can sort of forge a partnership, or even the, the three of them there, the players um, just in Ewan's uh, and Donaldson can kind of link up, then it could be fruitful for Celtic because. We look at the team from last week and it kind of seemed a bit disjointed, but neither the three of them have played well. They've all combined to get goals. And it's certainly something that Celtic, I think, can look at. And I'm sure Fran Alonso from that weekend there, he'll look at it and think, is this a potential to be a, a pretty lethal trio? 
Yeah, uh, I think I think that's that's very fair. Obviously, Hearts uh, will be a, a it's a very repeat thing to see. I think at the moment with these games, but their their games they'll be looking at will be will be against the teams around about them in the league. But um, yeah, um, I, so obviously that's the fixtures in terms of the games coming up this weekend. It's uh, Hearts against Four for Farmington at one o'clock at Arium. Um, we'll keep a wee eye at Hearts. This will be the first game the Hearts haven't had broadcast since the return, so we'll be interested to see what happens with that. Um, Spartans are hosting Celtic 2 o'clock, and that's the game that's on BBC Sport Online. Uh, Glasgow City Motherwell is on BBC Alba, 10 past 4, and the Rangers-Hibs game is now 12 o'clock, according to the SWPL website at the time of recording. Um, um, I'm guessing it's probably been moved because of the, the move of the old firm game for the Scottish Cup um, later in that same day. Uh, just one last thing before we wrap up, I just want to talk about the highlight show again this week, Campbell. I thought it was much better this week. It seemed to be a little less chaotic. Um, they'd managed to sort it so that I think last week the the Alba footage, which is recorded in HD but broad, broadcast in SD, felt like it, it was better quality this week. So I don't know if they've managed to sort something like that, and just felt like it had a bit of a better pace to it as well. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really much change to it, but it, it did feel better. I think as you pointed out yourself, having the the two sort of short clips of the goal put in the middle rather than at the end certainly helped. They kind of helped to link that together. Um, some questionable commentary again. Uh, pronunciations of players' names. I know we are sitting here and you're going on about Galavada but folks that struggle with seeing Jacinta, I, I don't get it. Jacinta from Paul Mitchell a few weeks ago was a strange one, but anyway, um, it's it's good to have these goals there. As I'm saying, um, rather than footing about going through teams' Twitters and what have you, to have the goals available there, it makes life so much easier. And if the program continues the way it has done, obviously again they were they were at K Park this week. Whether that's through BBC and Rangers, I don't know. But that partnership of um, Jane Lewis and Julie Fleeting as well seems to work quite well. They both obviously both know what they're talking about. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Yeah, me too. I would like to see some more faces involved. But yeah, thumbs up, getting better. Um, and I'll always ask for more, but I'm not going to do that just now. Um, but for now, um, Campbell, thanks very much for coming on and chatting. Where you Have you decided where you're off to this weekend? Um, potentially Hearts Forfa, um, but that's... Undecided at the minute, so we'll see. Cool. Uh, I am going to do well. I've now seen the kickoff times. I might try and do Rangers, Hibs, and Glasgow City, Motherwell, but we'll see how, how the mood takes me come uh, a little bit later on in the week. But definitely, definitely, probably at Rangers, Hibs, and then maybe try and stumble up. But thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon. <laughs>